Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day, all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I've not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. None. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Per, uh, persevere my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I've not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. This is God's word. Thanks, George. And George, before you go, I'm going to uh, not um, bomb, bomb you. I'm not sure what the, the word is when I uh, grab you. And uh, before you go, can I just ask you a question? Yes. And that is, um, what, what does the practice of reading the Bible each day mean to, to you? I mean, you're, you're not someone who was brought up in a Christian family, but uh, uh, as you've got to know the, the Lord Jesus and started to read the Bible, what does it mean to you to, to read the Bible each day? So someone a little bit older and much, much wiser once encouraged me to just take up the practice of picking up my Bible every day. And I think that the thing that I get most from it is a perspective. I spend my whole, the rest of my week um, looking through George lens. And I think when I pick up God's word, I'm able to see God's perspective on everything, my life. That's great. That's a great phrase. Uh, thank you very much, uh, George. Well, we're going to look at uh, this psalm, not the whole of Psalm 119, um, but uh, just a section uh, this morning. And as we do so, I'm going to suggest we pray that God will speak, because that's what this psalm is, is all about. So let's pray together. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that promise uh, in, in this psalm, that you are our teacher. And we long uh, to understand your perspective, to, to be part of your story, uh, to, to replace a, a George lens or an Andrew lens or uh, whatever lens we have and replace that with a Christ lens, with, uh, with your, your lens, a Father God who loves us. So help us, as we look at this psalm, uh, not just to understand words with our minds, but to be transformed in our hearts. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, just to start with, I'm going to ask a question. And the question is this, who uh, of the Christians that you know, who has been the most influence 
on your life. Just think about that for, for a moment. So maybe uh, what Christian do you admire the, the, the most? Just think of a name or a couple of names and then think, what is it about them that's been an influence? You know, why is it that they have helped you uh, so much? For, for me, I think back to uh, a guy called George Hoffman, uh, who uh, was um, uh, the founder of Tear Fund, uh, a Christian charity, and uh, well-known in Christian circles. But for me, it wasn't really the things he did uh, that were significant. It was the fact that every time I met him, he referred to something he'd read that morning in, in Scripture. And that, that uh, I found very, very striking, that someone uh, who was you know, well-known and uh, uh, sort of celebrated in Christian circles, and yet basically his rooting was his daily reading of, of Scripture. That was his, his lifeblood uh, uh, that he, he quoted. So he'd often just in, in conversation say, well, yeah, I was reading in, in the Bible this morning, and he'd, he'd quote a verse, and then apply it to the situation we were talking uh, about. And that's what the Bible does, that the Bible is about God speaking to us. And the Bible, therefore, is a relationship. We have a relationship with God and his word for us through, through scripture. And do we want that? You know, that's the, the question that we, we need to ask as we begin looking at this, this psalm. Do we want that relationship with God to be living and active? Do we want to hear God speak? You know, or do we treat the Bible as some sort of magic book that we, we flick uh, when we're, we're in a, um, emergencies or we study uh, when, when we have to? Or is it that God's living word, honey uh, to our lips, a delight uh, to, to us. When you open the Bible, what, what is the first thought that goes through your, your mind? You're thinking, wow, great. You know, I'm, I'm with a friend. Or is it, oh, you know, I've got to plow through the, these verses uh, and, and get through it this morning. Well, my aim or our aim to, together is to take our relationship with God one step uh, further for, for God, the, God to be speaking to us and for the Bible to be a dear friend, a dear friend that we, we come to, uh, that uh, we draw from uh, this morning. I've actually got 15 points um, to the, in this sermon. So um, I, I heard a sermon uh, last Sunday, actually, where the preacher said, I've got 10 points. And I thought, oh, my word. Uh, uh, but I thought I'd go one better and uh, have 15. Uh, but actually, I've only got one point, uh, to, to be honest. And that is, do we open our Bible? When we open our Bible, will it be a delight? Will it be a delight from a dear friend? And will we know the delights of, of God? 15 points in three headings. The first was we're going to look at five purposes uh, of, of the Bible that are in this passage, then five pictures of the Bible, and then five practices uh, to put this into practice. So let's start with the five purposes. The Bible is multi-layered and multifaceted, and therefore it is difficult to sort of define the purpose of the Bible in, in one phrase. And that's why they, they, the writer of 
this psalm uses lots of different Hebrew words to describe the, the Bible. And it's important that we understand each of these words. So there are five in particular we're going to look at. And the first in, in verse nine, uh, 97 is he refers to the scriptures as law. Now, the Hebrew word for law is the word Torah, uh, which refers, uh, it's not really sort of law in terms of a law book. It, it's about teachings of God. So the, the, the phrase Torah referred to the opening books in particular of, of the Bible and those opening books which give the grand narrative of, of God. So another uh, phrase for, for Torah would be teachings. It's teachings of God's story. And as George said earlier, we need that, don't we? The, the purpose of the Bible is to give a true lens or, and true perspective on the, the world and our situation, rather than our self-lens, to replace that with God's grand narrative. And the Bible tells that grand narrative in four phases. So the first phase is creation. The Bible starts by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and, and the earth. Starts by saying, a good God, a perfect God, produced everything, and everything intentionally and made us in his image. Then the second phase is the fall. Chapter three, uh, Adam and Eve reject God and go their own way. Sin is introduced and chaos is introduced into the world. But God in his love doesn't leave us separated from him for all eternity, but sends salvation, the Lord Jesus, to come to provide forgiveness, to provide a way back uh, to, to, to him. That's redemption. And phase four is new creation. The Bible ends by saying, one day God will make everything new and will live with him, God's people, and will be fully restored, not just forgiven of sin, but restored to a new physical creation earth. So the Bible gives us that, that hope for the future, but also that reality about sin and that understanding of who we are right at the beginning, that we are God's, God's people made in the image of God and gives us the, the way back. So we know who we are, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. That's the lens, the purpose of, of Torah, of, of Scripture. The Bible, therefore, is God's wisdom. Yeah, this, this isn't just a, a book full of uh, random uh, phrases. This is the very wisdom of, of God, the very wisdom at the heart of the universe. You know, in um, Harry Potter uh, books, you know, Harry Potter is always looking for some uh, magical thing that will uh, transform the situation. Well, the deep magic, as C.S. Lewis would put it, is about reality. It's about the reality of God and who he is and who we are there for and where we're going. That is the incredible nature. Every time we open up uh, the Bible, we're opening up God's story. Okay, so uh, the, the first purpose is to tell this divine story. Second purpose is commanding. Uh, verse 98 uh, talks about commands. And the emphasis here is on authority. 
Yeah, we we uh, don't just pick up the Bible and pick and choose what we're going to uh, to follow or or not. No, this isn't a, a take it or leave it type of book. It's not a sort of self-help uh, manual that we can uh, decide about. No, God is commanding. God's authority is, is absolute. Third purpose is uh, the word in, in verse 99, uh, which is the word statutes, which means a binding permanence engraved. In, in so a statute is something engraved, something inscribed. And, and the word here, it means there is absolute permanence. It's on the statute book, and it stays there for, forever. The Bible never changes, but it should change us. That's the, the point that's, that's being made. I um, studied theology at Oxford University, and uh, I was amazed that people that I met there and some of the professors uh, there who treated the Bible just as this sort of text, this ancient text that we should analyze and, uh, and, and study and then dismiss, uh, basically. And it pains me, you know, because I, I was wanting to say to them, this is my friend you're talking about. This is the, the, very, uh, the very wisdom of God. And yet you're treating it like some sort of academic exercise that you can dissect. You can't just dissect the, the word. Uh, this is engraved uh, on, on my, my heart. And the fourth purpose is instructing. Uh, the word in verse uh, 100 for scripture is precepts. And, and precepts, it, it's a phrase, a Hebrew phrase, that is about an officer or an overseer who's responsible for uh, actually applying uh, statutes into, into practice. So it's the details person. It's uh, saying that these instructions have implications in day-to-day living. And that's really important as well, isn't it? The Bible isn't just for Sundays. It's not just for, for special occasions. It's about every moment of every day. Instructions about how to live life, not how to do church, but how to live life, how to work, how to go into meetings uh, that we'll have t- tomorrow, how to do a Zoom call, how to uh, deal with a difficult situation with family and fr- friends, how to, to be a faithful husband. Every aspect of, of life uh, is instructed in Scripture. And the fourth purpose, the fifth purpose, is speaking. Uh, verse uh, 101, uh, Scriptures are referred to as your word. And in fact, your, uh, that phrase your, comes out all the way through this, this psalm. This isn't just someone's words. It's your word, Lord the God of, of creation, God who is speaking. I, um, I remember when I was, um, again, at Oxford, uh, learning to be a vicar, uh, and um, I had to do sort of preaching practice. So I went to a church on a Sunday evening and just a few people there, and uh, I had to do a sort of practice sermon. Well, it was a real sermon, but uh, I, I was uh, very much with L plates on uh, at the time probably still am. And uh, I remember get, getting through my, my script and uh, finding, oh, you know, I 
I've made it um, and uh, sat down. And then afterwards, someone came up to me and I thought, oh, my word, they're going to say that was rubbish or, or whatever. And th this person said, Andrew, thank you. God spoke to me through what you said. And I remember just the whole, the whole world seemed to suddenly spin on, on its axis. Just, just think, that is an absolute miracle, isn't it? Yeah, that my feeble words, the my my sort of mumbling understanding, and yet God spoke. Why? Not because of my ability, but because God's word speaks. As I open that up, as I explained that, God spoke to this individual. And is that our anticipation when we open scripture? Well, there are five uh, pictures that uh, this uh, this these verses use, which I think help us to understand this dynamic nature of, of Scripture. And the first is that Scripture is sweet. Now, uh, this week we had uh, a meal with some friends, uh, Italian friends, and uh, we started with bruschetta, um, which is a good, good sort of Italian starter. And then we had a mushroom risotto, and I sort of ate my way through that. Uh, that was fine. Um, and then I thought, well, at least we've, we've got the pudding coming. And then to my horror, uh, we had um, another course, which was roasted vegetables. And I thought, oh, no, you know, it's, don't tell me this is going to be a non-pudding uh, meal. And, uh, but finally, we, we got through the roasted vegetable course, and then the custard tart came out with fruit on top. And I thought everything is saved, uh, that uh, life, life is okay uh, uh, again. Now, I may be the only person who likes dessert, but I don't think so. But what, what is it about dessert that is so fantastic? Well, it's sweet, isn't it? Sweets that taste, it gives you energy uh, from, from the sugar. It gives you delight and joy. You know, and I wonder, is, is the Bible to you mushroom risotto or custard tart? That's um, probably a question you've never been asked before in, in your life. Uh, but is it just something that you just get through, stodgy? Or is it a delight? Is it sweet to the taste? Let's look at uh, verse 103. Verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Mouth-watering, giving pleasure, giving delight. Even when uh, the, the words are hard and challenging, it's still a delight because our Heavenly Father, who loves us and cares about us, knows us, is speaking. And he's speaking with his arms wrapped around us, saying, come on, I want to give you life, life in its abundance. Secondly, uh, there's a picture of the Bible being a lamp. Your word, verse 105, is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Now, lamps have specific purposes, and it's uh, said here. The purpose of a lamp is to shine light on your feet so you don't fall. The lamp there is, is there to, to avoid us uh, tripping on, on danger. And again, as we look at scripture, it helps us to see the dangers that we're walking into. 
I had uh, a, a situation uh, in in the, the last few days, a conversation I'd had with someone. And uh, the next morning, I'm going through the book of James at the moment in my uh, morning readings. And the book of James that, that morning was all about the tongue being a fire and a fire that is actually sourced from, from hell it, itself. And it challenged me. It said, yeah, I, I'm actually, that conversation was setting things on fire. It challenged me. It, it made me reappraise how to, to handle that situation that, that day. Scripture shows us the danger as well as the, the sweetness. But as well as being a lamp, uh, verse 105 goes on to say, a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So yeah, we, we have the lamp that shows us the danger, but then also a light that shows us where to go, which path to, to take. Now, I wonder when uh, you think about uh, the Bible giving you guidance for a, a path to, to take, I think often we think about that in terms of decisions that we have to make. You know, the Bible will help me make a decision about which job to take or which girlfriend to, to have or, or whatever. Not that I, I'm looking for a job or a girlfriend um, at, at the moment, I should hasten to add. Um, but it's it sort of in, in decisions of, of life. But actually, what is the path that's referred to in, in the Bible? When it talks about the ways that we should walk, what are those ways? Well, let's look at verse 106, because the Bible helps us to answer that question. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. You see, the path in, in Scripture, and this may be a bit controversial, um, but the path isn't really about those decisions that we have to make. Yeah, we make those with wisdom. The path the Bible talks about is the path of righteousness. It's the ways that we should live that honor uh, Christ. So sometimes people say to me, oh, I've looked at the Bible and it hasn't helped me uh, really make my, my decisions about which way to, to, to go. And so, well, you're asking the wrong questions. Because the Bible, every time we look at it, tells us about the path we should go. Because it tells us about the path of, of love and truth and kindness. The path of, of being honoring to, to Christ. And therefore, that's why the, the Bible is incredibly relevant to every decision that we make at, at work. Because it's saying, as we work, are we working in the path of righteousness? Are we walking in the path uh, day by day? The Bible is sweet. It's a lamp. It's a light. It's also a refuge. I have to go slightly out of uh, uh, the passage for, for this. Verse 114. Uh, let's look at that uh, together. Verse 114. You are my refuge and my shield. I've put my hope in your word. Because there are times when we just have to cling on, aren't there? Cling on to, to, to God. Cling on to his promises. And how do we cling on to, to God? By looking at his word, listening to, to his word, and allowing his, his word to remind us of those promises. Jesus says just before uh, his, his death, he, he says, remember. You know, keep remembering. Remember my, my promises. The Bible is a refuge. 
And then uh, lastly, the Bible is a heritage, verse 111. Let's look at that together. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. As we read the Bible and practice it, the scriptures seep into our bloodstream. That's that's the incredible nature of, of scripture. It's not just uh, little ditties that we put on the wall and then just forget about in time. It's a principle, a truth, a deep wisdom that is embedded into our hearts and changes us permanently. When we become Christians, we become people of the word, people of the Bible, and get that fuel day by day. We looked in in the beginning of this series at... uh, Uh, Psalm 1, and the wise person who is like a tree planted by streams of living water, the Holy Spirit, that living water, as he speaks scripture to us, he implants that scripture into our our heart and our soul. And that's uh, my, my longing uh, for, for us as the church, that we're a church of the Bible. And not just a church of the Bible that sort of treat the Bible uh, accurately or whatever. Yeah, that, that's, that's a given. But we're people who speak the Bible, who speak it to each other, who are meditating on the Bible, who are thinking it through, are living it day by, by day. It's our heritage. It's our DNA as a, a, a church. I've been doing a course this week on, um, uh, on sort of work ministries within churches. And uh, there was a big emphasis during the course on how churches don't talk about work uh, enough and we don't apply um, uh, sermons and and things to to, to work. And it occurred to me that actually, intuitively, we we do that every time we open the Bible. Because the the Bible is telling us about the path that that we should live uh, day by day. And it also struck me that uh, the privilege of of being brought up in a, a Christian family for, for me was that for, for me, my, my parents just always referred to, to scripture and were applying uh, conversations to, to, to scripture. And I was taught from an early age that my faith is integrated with, with life. And that's my longing for, for us as a church as well, that this, this is just intuitive to, to us. It's embedded in, into the way that we think that all the time we're applying scripture, which brings us to our five practices. And the first practice, if we're going to really embed scripture into our lives, is to love it. Uh, verse 97, right at the beginning of our passage, oh, how I love your, your, your law. When you open the Bible, it should respond to, to your heart or your heart should respond to, to scripture, anticipating the honey that we're going to, to know. But it's convicting not just our mind, but our heart, that we're accepting something as sweet, as something that we long for, as something that we want to practice day by day. The, the psalmist uh, loves the word of God because he knows the God of love. And I wonder, do, do we? 
think some of the, the reason that we, um, we hesitate when we look at Scripture is we're just not quite sure, you know, is God really on my side? You know, is, is God going to say something to me in the Bible that I don't want to hear? You know, is he going uh, be, to be nasty to, to, to me? We may not say it in those terms, but that's sort of practically what we're, we're, we're doing. If we're nervous, if we hold back, we should be running to Scripture, trying uh, to make every opportunity to be looking at Scripture and running to, to that as we would run to a, a great dessert or, or whatever at the end of, of a meal or whatever is your thing um, in, in terms of food. But do we do, do that? The psalmist loves the word of God because he knows God is on his side. The Bible comes alive only when we've come alive to, to Christ, therefore. Jesus on the cross says, it is finished. I love that, that phrase. You know, the, the, the whole of life is, is summarized in that it is finished. I've dealt with sin. I've dealt with judgment, therefore. I've dealt with hell. I have removed that, that, that fear. That horror, that poison, and it's gone. Therefore, come to the Bible and know a God who says it's, it's dealt with. I want to speak to you as a child, a dearly loved child, a forgiven child. I want you to grow in righteousness. I want you to grow in love. I want you to be alive more and more each day. That's the God who we, we listen to. That's the God who's speaking to us through scripture. Love it. Secondly, trust it. The Bible is an immovable object. It's the truth of God. It doesn't change. But the question is, will it change us? Will we be transformed by it? Do we go into the the Bible saying, I will decide what I'm going to follow from, from this. Or do we go in saying, Lord, teach me. I'm open and willing. I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. Lord, please transform me today. Thirdly, meditate on it. Verse uh, 97 again. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Verse 99, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. Incredible truth uh, there. And he's, he's saying here, he doesn't just read it and uh, go on to, to the rest of his, his day. No, he takes it with him into the day. And to meditate doesn't mean you have to go to a monastery and uh, sort of shave your head or, or, or whatever. No, it means you've got to process what you're reading. Mull on it. Think about it as you're walking to work. Think about it just before you start a meeting. Maybe put it on your screensaver that, that day. Have it forefront of your thinking and process it. And as a church, we, we do that, don't we? We, we spend time after the, the sermon processing in our hearts as we, we sing to, together, and as we, we pray with, with others, our encouragement is that we can 
be meditating on this, thinking it through, allowing it to seep into our very core of our being. I was uh, meeting up with uh, an exec um, who works in the city um, and uh, has a very high profile, very, very busy job. And I was asking him about this, this psalm uh, that I was preparing to, uh, to, to preach on. And uh, he, he said to, to me that one of the ways that he processes uh, sermons that he's heard is to write an email. Now, uh, it struck me that I'd never heard that before uh, for, from anyone, but it struck me that uh, for, for him, you know, a really busy job um, and dealing with uh, figures with nine zeros at, at the end of, of them in his, his job, that actually writing an email to himself or to the preacher or, or whatever, or to his, his, um, his life group, is a way of him processing. And I, I wonder, what's your processing style? You know, maybe it's uh, chatting to, to someone over lunch uh, straight after uh, the, the sermon. Maybe it's journaling. Uh, maybe it's just uh, praying through. Maybe it's, it's making a song uh, out, out of the, the, the words. But what I'd encourage you is to take some of uh, the words from, from scripture that you've read and think about them. Keep dwelling on them uh, day by day, process and meditate, and then practice. Uh, the, 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 the Bible is uh, completely useless if we just read and don't actually take, take notes. So verse 98, your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. They only make you wiser than your enemies if you put them into practice. Verse 105 again, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I've taken a note and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Keep practicing uh, the, the lessons that you've learned. The, the Bible um, uh, in, in Colossians, Paul talks about putting on the clothes of righteousness. I think it's a, it's a great phrase for when we read scripture. We say, what would it look like to, to inhabit this, this scripture on Monday morning? What would it look like to put these clothes on and to live like this? Imagine that and then practice it and keep coming back to it, saying, have I learned that lesson? Do I need to keep practicing until the practice becomes a, an instinctive response, which is the, the last point, that uh, the, the last point is as we practice, it starts to get embedded into our hearts. Verse 11, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are a joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. It's a heart issue, isn't it? If the Bible is just in your mind, it's not going to change anything. But it's as we see God's story, as we start to inhabit God's story more and more, that the Bible becomes part of our heritage, part of our heart, part of our very core of our, our being. God wants to speak to us. I was uh, looking up um, if I'd done sermons on um, uh, this, this psalm before in, in my, my life, and I came across a sermon by one of my daughters um, that uh, she gave 
uh, when we were on a family holiday, she was 11 uh, years old at, at the time, and we um, were in a place, there was no church, and we decided to do our own church service. And our daughter, our 11-year-old, said, I'll do the sermon, Dad. Uh, and uh, she, she did a sermon on Psalm 119, and I was so struck by it, I, I wrote down uh, what she said, and she made three points uh, in her sermon. First point was, we love to be spoken to. And she gave lots of examples of different ways that uh, we, we are spoken to. Second point, God wants to speak to us in his word. Okay, good point. And um, third point, do we want to listen to him? And that was what really struck me. We love to be spoken to. God wants to speak to us, but are we going to listen? We listen to all sorts of things uh, through, through the week. But are we listening to the grand narrative of, of God? When I was um, a, a kid, I was taught a, a, a chorus, which goes like this. Read your Bible, pray every day. Does anybody else know this? Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Now, there are actions to this, and I want to, everybody to do the actions. You don't have to sing, but you do have to do the actions, okay? Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. That's um, <laughs> well. Let's let's pray now, Father. We we confess that sometimes uh, we read the Bible because we think it's a, a duty that we need to, uh, rather than a joy. And we pray that you'll restore our joy in in your Word. That we'll love your Word because we love you. And we're loved by you. That we'll approach the sweetness of, of your words with a willingness to, to be changed, a willingness to, to repent and to, to seek forgiveness, a willingness to, to walk in righteousness. Help us to meditate on scripture, to apply scripture, to live scripture each day. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.